When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Relationship Theory. I am your co-host Tom Bilyeu and I'm here with my beautiful wife Lisa and we're about to dive into another episode. Yeah, last episode before Christmas. The last episode to come out before Christmas. In full disclosure, we have to record another episode before Christmas, but I love filming these, so I'm all good with that. Yeah. Super excited. All right. So I um, want to start with an iTunes review of the week. A word. This goes out to Seabrook. Thank you, Seabrook. One of my favorite podcasts. If you're looking to grow your mind and push your limits, I definitely recommend this show. I specifically love the relationship theory episodes. They're so great if you want to learn the traits of a real power couple. Wow. Thank you, Seabrook. Very um, good. All right. And guys, we do answer questions. So if you want to submit any to connect at impacttheory.com. That's connect at impacttheory.com. We can answer them. If you'd like to stay anonymous, we also absolutely respect that. But you have to say it. You need you to, say to say you it. want to be remain anonymous. Correct. Yeah. Thank you very much for clarifying. Um, and now let's dive in. Let's do it. All Question right. one. Here we go. Um, oh, and actually, I'm just going to throw it out there. We are contemplating bringing this back to YouTube in a video format. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'd like to hear from you guys. Do you want to see a video format? Or are you very happy by, by a podcast? I don't know how they're going to submit. Maybe submit at connectapatheory.com. <laughs> it's interesting. I don't know that that's the right way to get that information because they have a bias towards the podcast. But anyway, yes, here we go. All Ready? Right. First question. Yep. This is from Khalif, Khalif Williams. Hey, guys. How do you acknowledge the high goals and expectations you set for yourselves are holding you back from dating? Also, how do you acknowledge the high goals and expectations you set for yourself are holding you back from dating? My friends have said they don't want to date because they're trying to get their life together in the sense that everything has to be perfect first. Yeah, so I am going to give maybe a mildly confusing answer, which is if I were single and young right now... um, That's interesting. I was going to say I might be so engrossed in my work that I wouldn't date. But the reality is that just wasn't true. And I was really ambitious back then as well. Um, So I don't know. To me, they were never mutually exclusive. And maybe I was just too young and naive to think any other way. But I had a very easy time integrating you into my life with the ambition. I found somebody that found ambition attractive. So there was never like a a sort of weird push-pull with that. It was just always a very seamless integration. So I think the reality is just to find somebody that understands and likes the way that you are, understands what you're after, um, and either is on a similar trajectory so they really get it, um, or like you back then, really wanted to help facilitate that. So there was a, we just really fit together well. But also, just for the confusing part, I 
don't think it's weird to say, you know, look, I really want to focus on this and I don't have time to date. Um, just know that that's bullshit. You can make the time if you want the time, um, but you don't need to be in a relationship. As a woman, as you were answering, I thought, you know what? I think depending on what period of my life it would be, I probably wouldn't date. Um, when I was trying to figure out how to go from being, you know, like this kind of more nurturer person to really be feeling independent and owning my um, my confidence and being strong, um, I think if I was going through the process, I would have found it hard to find a partner that was right for me because I was still trying to discover who I was. And I can't tell you how lucky I feel, and I don't use, like to use the word luck, but I'm going to use it just for argument's sake, how lucky I feel that I happened to have been with a man that was secure enough that as I was getting more confident and as I was evolving, it wasn't threatening to you. But I think that it would have been very difficult for me to step into who I am today if I didn't have someone that was understanding in that evolution. And so if I was dating and I was going through it, I, I, I think I would have been confused on who do I want? What am I looking for? If a guy pushed back, I'm like, oh, do I have to, um, what's the word? Uh, assert my authority to prove myself. Like I just would have been very confusing for me on, I don't know how to act. I want to be dominant. I don't want to be a pushover, but I also want to be a nurturer. I like, you know, so, um, so as a woman, I think that if I was going through my evolution um, between like during that time, I probably wouldn't have dated because I think I would have probably have chosen the wrong person. That's very interesting, very insightful and almost certainly true. But if there's anything that can come out of relationship theory, I really hope that it's people begin to put rules around like let's say you're single. Certainly this applies if you're also in a relationship, but if you're single, having rules about what your role needs to be in a relationship. And, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw back love to my mom and to all magazines like Cosmo, uh, which I used to read voraciously as a teenager because I really wanted to understand how women think. And all of that, having a strong mother who had very strong views about how a man should treat a woman and all of that, um, it really made me think that my role as a partner was to make you feel good about yourself, better about yourself when you're around me, and not like from a bullshit place, but like, a, I mean, people know my persona at this point, and there you know, have been seeds of the way that I am encouraging and all that forever. So that just made sense to me. It's like being in a relationship is a lot of compromise, and so I certainly want to feel like somebody's number one. I want them to make me feel better about myself in real ways where they're just encouraging me to grow and stretch, and look, I could not have said these words back then. I don't want to delude people, mm. but like now with the perspective of knowing what that really looks like, of encouraging the person to be their best self, to grow, to know that they have support, and I know I've said this quote, and I don't even remember where I heard this, but the people that end up doing the best, taking the biggest risks, really putting themselves out there are the ones that have the strongest home life. Mm -hmm. And so as a partner, like that's your shtick, is like I'm gonna support you, you support me, not in a bullshitty way, holding each other accountable to who we wanna become, but being like really fucking supportive, like really being amped up to see that person do well. And to put it into one simple phrase, want, your partner to win. Mm. Once you want your partner to win and you come to me and say, hey, the way that I define winning now is, you know, I really want to step into um, being an entrepreneur, really owning my own power. It's like you have that rule then at that point that says, oh, my job is to want my partner to win, to encourage them, to help them, to actually facilitate the way that they want to grow. Unless, I mean, I'm just assuming they don't want to grow in some self-destructive way or a way that's 
obviously bad for the relationship, but somebody wanting to become the best version of themselves, like that's always good, right? And like you said, if the other person is secure, there's no reason to not want that. As long as you guys still take quality time to be together, no matter how ambitious that person is, and even if that person's ambitious at things that are either exactly the same as yours, so there's gonna be a direct comparison, like you and I, quite frankly, or radically different so that it's just two separate worlds and you know doing your best to encourage and help. Like having that rule at the the base of your relationship, I think really sets people up for success. So I get why you say that, that if you had been morphing and changing like that at that time, that you probably would have chosen the wrong person. But I think it's because both the wrong person, quote unquote, they wouldn't have that rule and because you didn't have that rule. Why? But if you both had that rule and you came together at a moment of high transition, which I have never thought about this before, so I may change my mind, but like maybe one of the reasons, it is so hard to find um, lasting relationships in your early 20s because you're both in this insane like period of flux and people don't have that rule driving their behavior in the relationship about my job is essentially to help them become the best version of themselves, whatever direction that takes. This is interesting, so I'm gonna keep going. It's interesting to me, maybe not be interesting to anyone else, <laughs> no, but I've always wondered, like, how the fuck did you and I grow together? Like, that is one of the most terrifying things when I think about, like, how different we were when we met to where we are now. And it's like, you do ask the question, is this luck? Have we just sort of luckily grown in a way that was compatible? But now thinking about it, I realize that we developed that foundation of wanting to help each other become the best version of themselves, even though we didn't have the words for it, very early in the relationship. While still being very open and honest about what we selfishly want. Because that's crazy. also very important, right? Like, there's one thing to absolutely support your partner in whatever growth they're going through, but it's also important to make sure that you don't forget who you are, what you're looking for, what you want. And we've always done that. And going to when I transitioned from the housewife into being a businesswoman, and I started hardening, and you had said to me, "Babe, you know, you're hardening, and you know, I, you need to be careful because you saw that maybe I'm going to turn into someone that doesn't care or isn't nurturing." Yeah, it's not sexy it's for not, me right. for me yeah. some people go way in on that yeah. and the fact that you were honest with me though allowed me to really self-assess um but you gave me the grace to figure that out and you gave me the grace to to go okay like i've gone to i felt like i'd gone too far right like when you would point out i'm like yeah kind of i i get why you say that like i'm not asking you how you're feeling i'm not you know engaging in the like in a God, not in the wifely thing, but how I used to be. Like, how was your day, There's baby? There's not warmth There's and no playfulness. Because it, it wasn't even Ooh, like the, the um, oh, you're not asking me how I am, or oh, you're not making my meals or setting my food up. That really isn't that. Like, that's so functional. It, it's the, the warmth, the warming, the, the right. sense of like, just, yeah, warmth. I, it's interesting. I, there maybe isn't a better word. No, that's certainly. perfect. And I love that. But that was the thing. You, you had told me what you were observing and because I trust you, 
I thought, wow, like I'm feeling super freaking powerful right now. I've never felt this strong before, but I trust you. And I trust that you're not trying to say it to bring me down. I trust that you're saying it because it doesn't feel right to you and you do worry about where that could lead me. And so bringing that to my attention was very helpful and made me realize, and I think most people do this when they go through a change, I won't say most people, I do, I guess, is that I, I swing hard in the other direction. Right, because it's like if I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna go all in. Like if I'm really gonna be an entrepreneur, like I'm not gonna half-ass it. I'm not gonna like dib, uh, dibble dabble. God, I don't know where that wow. came from. No dip idea. your toe in. Dibble dabble. All right, we'll go Stip with it. the dibble dabble. Um, I forgot where I was going with that. You're not gonna dibble oh, dabble. You're you. gonna yes. go all the I'm way. I'm gonna go all in. And so sometimes that serves me, and sometimes it doesn't. And in that situation, realizing that I'd gone too far in the other direction, you helped, you brought it to my attention. And so I really analyzed it and thought, okay, well, I definitely want my husband to, I don't want him to look at me like I'm a stone, made of stone, right? I do want him to feel the warmth that I feel inside. So I need to reassess the way I'm acting right now. So that transition for me was very helpful having you on my team because you were really useful in helping guide me and being you know the voice when I couldn't see it for myself but now what if I'm dating right and I'm um so what if yeah so now what if I'm dating and I don't have someone that can actually articulate that to me I don't have the trust that I have in you to give me that um accurate feedback versus selfish feedback right I feel like there can be that difference um so that's why I say I think it would be hard for me to be dating during that period because if I'd swung hard in the other direction, would someone have given me the grace? Would I have had that, you know, kind of... It's interesting. So it makes me think of women are attracted to a different type of man if they're on birth control than they are if they're not on birth control, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. And there have been some pretty fascinating articles written about how women will get with one man because they're on birth control and then they stop and all of a sudden they don't find their partner attractive Whoa. anymore. Pretty terrifying. So, and now you really want the really bad news? When they're on birth control, they're far more interested in a... Um, a softer man, a more gentle man, and when they come off their period, they're looking for a more dominant, more aggressive male, which is really fucking interesting. Whoa. Like endlessly fascinating. And don't throw the shade at me, baby. These are just articles, but like it is that is super interesting I've to me. Had any difference? Yeah, no, I actually wondered about that. Um, that's probably because I'm the perfect blend of characteristics. <laughs> the funny thing is, though, <laughs> you joke about that, but that was actually one thing that came to mind. And that was one thing that really attracted me to you is that you had the super soft, sweet, caring, gentle side. You were the, you're chivalrous. You open the wow. door for me all the time. You refuse to let me go cold. Even if it's freezing outside, you'll take off your jacket. Like you're such a gentleman that people don't necessarily see that side of you. And yet you are absolutely confident. I want to say cocky, but I mean that in a very endearing way. I don't mean that in the like asshole way. But you are super cocky and you're super like driven and confident. And so you have this beautiful blend that is perfect for me because I do need both. So I brought that up though because I think that really what, and thank you, that was, none of that was lost on me. But um, just trying to make this useful for people listening. I bring that up because I think that at the beginning of your relationship, it can't be based on who you each can become. It has to be based on who you are right then at that moment. It's like passion. You, you, you don't step into passion. You don't discover passion. You don't discover love. You don't step into love. But 
you step into an interest, you discover an interest, something that really has been with you for essentially ever. There is a type of person that you're attracted to and it has to start from something real. I don't think you can take any two people and just say, hey, you can make it work. Mm. Um, so it, you do have to find somebody that lines up with where you are at that moment that you're attracted to at that moment that is attracted to you with the, you know, the personality type that you have at that moment. But as you change, it, it is difficult, man. It's really difficult. And I don't know how much of this comes down to, um, God, I'll finish the sentence, but we should move off this because this is just me thinking out loud now and I don't know how interesting this is gonna be to people. But as you change, how much of this is me knowing how to fall in love with what is and to constantly do that, to make my life this perpetual state of falling in love with who you're growing into. And I think knowing how to do that is, is super important. But I know that if you were to ever embrace something that I just have a fundamental aversion to, I would not be able to fall in love with it. So it's like, it's this fine line of you've always stayed within these, there's a name for this, like the, um, this, the parameters? Band, uh, the parameters is close enough. So there's a parameter in which I can constantly fall in love with who you are and what you're doing and all that. Mm-hmm. And as long as you stay within those parameters, then we're all good. If you were to go outside of those parameters with behavior or something, um, then it really would be problematic. All right, let's do advanced class for a second. Yeah. How do you build those parameters and stay in love? I don't think you build the parameters. I think the parameters are somewhat innate to um, your value system. So it's interesting. I guess you could shift your values, but whoa. Um, ah, God, all right, this is deep advanced class now. So it, yes, you can shift your values for sure, but trying to build bullshit values into your life God, it, it, you can do it, and it's why groups it's can go values, mad. Though. What if it's not bullshit, but just something you don't necessarily <sighs> agree with? Here's, uh, so I say that because this gets so complicated, right, well, but here's, here's the reality. Groups can go mad. Like, pure insanity, you need to look no further than Nazi Germany to understand how groups can literally go insane. Right. So you could put yourself in a group, a cult, whatever, where the values were so crazy, but you decided to align yourself with the values through exposure, being around them all the time, deciding there would need to be people there that you really had some respect for, or Mm -hmm. I don't know if this would work, because you would have to value the emotions that they're giving you, and it would get really hard, but God, especially if it were incremental, where they weren't, like you didn't step into full crazy right off the bat, it was like this slow sort of evolution into crazy, where you just kept adopting these, you know, just a little more, a little more of the value system until you really felt good about yourself by adhering to the values because people you respect adhere to the same crazy values. It would have to be something like that. So in a relationship, you ask for advanced class, here's how it goes. In a relationship, I'd have to be with somebody that not only made me feel some kind of way, but that people I respect responded to that person. Nobody wants to think that that's true, but the reality is that is true. And when, and this, I, this is what I tell people about money. If you buy a Ferrari, I promise you, the vast majority of that purchase is based on what other people think about that car. And the second people start laughing and saying Ferraris are stupid, some people would still be fine. There'd be something about the car that just spoke to them, but I'm gonna put that at like, it's definitely less than 5% of the world is so into it that they would stand up to that. Hmm. It's true, I mean, well, all right. 
when I first met you and I introduced you to my friends and family, I got a lot of people like, Lisa, like, he's not your type. Like, have you seen- he's not your type, but they weren't saying, what are you doing? That guy is a total douche. You yeah, need no, to stay away from saying, him. No. They were saying you weren't my type, though. Yeah, they were surprised, but yeah. they weren't throwing shade. Um, and if they were, who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you the list later. Um, but to take me through, though, because you said, like, I... I can keep falling in love with you. What was the phrase you just used? Yeah, um, that, literally exactly that. So how do you actually do that? Like how do you... Well, got let's someone, take getting burned. That's always say, the one that I come to. So if you were to get horribly burned and scarred. That's, that's kind of no, because that's almost like you're a dick if you leave your, your person. Yeah, but that's very different than saying I would legitimately fall in love with that. But let's and do I've something. thought about what I would have to do. Okay, to... I, I'm sh- maybe people are interested. I'm actually more interested in I'm becoming somebody. So okay. I'm becoming a strong woman. Yep. Um, like that, I feel it is a lot more relatable and realistic of what people are Sure, that's are going just so right fucking now. easy. If you're not able to be totally odd, impressed, enthusiastic with your partner as they step more into their personal confidence and strength, you have a problem. You have a problem. And if you can't see that, like every time you've evolved and changed and I had a hard time and it was like shifting the relationship, it was so easy to go, the person you want to be wants her to be her best self. So how for even half a second can you trip over that without just pointing back at yourself and saying, this is an insecurity in you, homie. Mm. And so you need to deal with you. And so once it was like, oh yeah, that is so clear to me that not wanting your partner to have all the power that they could possibly bring into their life, like that is a you problem. That is not a them problem. So that like was instant clarity. It was like, ah, yeah, cool. I'm going to deal with whatever I'm going through on that. I'm going to remember that I too can step into my best self and that we can be our best selves together and that being um, one to really understand that one of the best parts about being a leader is knowing when the other person is the right person to lead and that it needs to be this fluid back and forth and you know that I struggled with that in the beginning and I was a buffoon for the first couple years of our relationship and why you put up with it and stayed with me, I will never know. But I finally had to have the realization where I was like, why would she ever, like why would any human being ever always want their partner to be better than them? That doesn't make sense. And so I just thought you'd only be attracted to me if I was better than you at everything. So it's like, and I acted in accordance with that, which is stupid. And so I had to recognize, oh, that's a you problem. That's an insecurity problem. You just think she's not going to find you attractive. Deal with that. All right. So let's say, I'm just doing these scenarios, which I love. Um, So we're doing that. I'm getting more independent. You see it. You say, this is a you problem if you really do. Like, I love her so much. Look how happy she is. But still, it's something that you're not interested. Like, it so happens that you were finding that attractive as well. But what if you're like, I just don't want that in my marriage? Uh, Can you give me a specific quality or activity? Well, like, let's say, I mean, just even, so I'm getting stronger, I'm becoming an entrepreneur, I'm no longer the stay-at-home wife that puts you your meals, and you're like, I see how happy she is, I only want good things for her, I love her, I support her. You really want to make this hard? But I'm not getting what I want because this isn't the wife that I actually want. Yeah, so I think that... Where they come into conflict, basically. Yeah, so on that one, that is, to me, a value system thing. So are they falling within the range that you find acceptable? So if you're like, 
uh, what I value is a stay-at-home wife. Wow. You were a stay-at-home wife when we got together and I just can't see my way out. The problem is my value system does not allow me to respect a guy that can't handle that. So that to me just sounds like what they want is somebody taking care of them, looking after them. So it's, that one's tough. So I'm gonna, that one's tough because I just think it's unique to me. I think it's perfectly valid if that's how people see the world. I just don't see the world that way. Now, one where it's like, this is actually, I think, hard sort of in the world at large is, what if you think the way that your significant other is acting makes them a bad parent? That's where it gets scary. Because now it's like, whoa, motherfucker, you're messing with the lives of my children. And I think the way that you're behaving takes you outside of what I think will raise a healthy and productive child. That's where it gets really scary. So if you have a thing and you're like, one of us must stay home with the child, like that's your fundamental belief, right? One of the parents absolutely must stay home with the child. The social contract that you, dear spouse, and this can go either way, but you, dear spouse, you and I had the social contract that you were going to stay at home. And Which, now, by the way, I think is very necessary when people are about to have kids. Yeah, a thousand percent. To just know what you think. Right, Either exactly. neither of you need to stay home, right. one of you needs to stay home, and then which of the two it's going to be. And then who's going to take care of the house, who's going to take care of the, the food, yep. like it has to be uber written detailed, down. written down, write it down, agree before you have the kid so that everyone knows what to expect. Who's getting up in the middle of the night on a Saturday? Who's getting up on the middle of the night on a Tuesday? Yep, and there's no right or wrong there. There's only understood and agreed upon. Exactly. So that's where it gets tricky because I can see that being a, like, when you're talking about the emotional and mental stability of somebody as they grow up and you really believe one thing leads to one outcome and another leads to another, I can see that destroying relationships. Mm. And I think that would throw people way outside of the value system. So that's one of those, if somebody like midstream was like, yeah, no, I hate being at home. God, here's the problem. So I'll finish that thought and then I'll, I'll just tell you how I really think. Mm. So I think that for most people, violating the sort of terms upon which you guys agreed to move forward with the relationship when it relates to kids, they're really gonna have a hard time. Now, here's how I think about it. And as I was trying to say the words, I thought that's not how I would actually approach the situation. So one, I'm presuming that I'm married to someone that I respect, cool. So now it's like that person is telling me I'm not a fulfilled human being with staying at home okay, well shit, I wanna find a way to make sure that you're fulfilled. So now we have two things that on the surface seem competing. You're not being fulfilled by staying at home and you wanna go to work, and I think that one of the parents has to stay home to be with the kids. Okay, well let's really look at that, because maybe one or both of them is not true. So maybe you really do, to be fulfilled, need to go work. Okay, well the problem that we have to work through now then is how do we make sure that we still have well-adjusted kids? Because I, I think that there is always a solution to the problem. So I would be looking for that solution because going back to that really basic foundational building block that you should want your partner to become the best version of themselves. And I would never want you, like it's such a limiting belief to think that you can't find an alternate solution that I just always believe there's a solution. It's not always easy, it's not always a parent, but man, I would be talking to people and I would be trying to shift my belief system and trying to shift my values to make sure that you got to a place where you really felt like you were living your best life. Yeah, I mean, even if, if so if we'd had that social contract and let's say two or three months in, let's say it was you staying at home for the kid, just for argument's sake yeah. for this story, and you turned around to me and you're like, 
I know we had this contract I know I absolutely said like I was willing to stay home but I'm actually finding it very difficult emotionally like I'm feeling depressed I need to outside thing like I want to be happy can you help me like if you can have that discussion with your partner because I don't think you should stick to a social contract if there are certain things that are coming up that you're just surprised like I'm unhappy I thought this would be the best thing of my life and I'm, it's actually not or I'm really struggling I didn't think I would miss human interaction or adult interaction it's like I think a it's very important to speak up about it and not just suffer in silence because that's exactly what I would do with you and then together try and find you would a speak su- up not would, live in silence correct yeah. sorry um And I would try together to solve it, to, to solve it because, and I would say to you, I'm not happy. You know, this is very difficult for me. These are the word, the actual words I would use because I know you want for my happiness. So I know that word happy is going to resonate with you. And so instead of going like, this is fucking like, I'm stressed out. I'd be like, baby, I'm not happy. Um, I know I agreed to it but I really need your help to figure it out and what does that look like? And so if you can figure out that solution as a team where you'd say, okay, well, do you go to work, you know, a couple of days a week or is it that you just need time to hang out with your friends more or is it time that you need with me? Like whatever those solutions are, like you said, I think there are ones. It's just when people start to suffer in silence because they feel like, especially being a parent, sorry, and that's being a parent, parent, speaking of our poor puppies, gagging because he has a heart problem, bless him. So sorry about that noise. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Well, so oh, it doesn't mean that you're a bad parent, right? And I think people, like I would, I know that I would struggle with that if I was like, I don't want to, um, I, I just can't stay at home all by myself all the time. Like I would feel it important and necessary that I spoke up and that we, solved it as a team and we've done that before just in work right like I'm feeling like I'm in a rut I'm not quite sure what's going on like we just have that open dialogue because once you can say it then you don't feel like you're taking on this burden or like it's unfixable yeah and I think that also whatever agreement you have you have to recognize that it's a living agreement it's going to be changing like that is the nature of it and if you're always looking for solutions and you're always coming back to that really baseline belief of i want to help this person become the best version of themselves to enjoy their life as much as humanly possible then you're always going to win that's just like that is the right default position to just always come back to that yeah all right so next question this is from daniel breeze daniel breeze what's up daniel You said that if there is no authentic self to bring forward yet, then you aren't done building yourself. I felt like this a month ago and we decided to separate so I can figure things out. Looking back, I was feeling like this for a long time before saying it and it led to a lot of resentment. How do you approach these difficult talks knowing that it could make or break things? How do you get the other person to understand and mitigate the risk of significantly harming their self-esteem? Well, I think that the truth is an absolute defense. So I think that saying what is true is always the right answer. Now, there's a way to say what is true that is clearly hurtful. And there's a way to say what is true where you're at least trying to minimize the damage. Um, So, yeah, I think saying things in a kind way, in a, you know, not couching the truth, not um, not saying exactly what you're thinking and feeling, but saying it in a way that is respectful of the fact that the other person is a valuable human being that theoretically you care about. Um, So yeah, that, and in life it's like, you have to accept there are just going to be times where what you have to say is 
going to hurt. Mm. And there's just nothing to be done about that. Um, but don't exacerbate that by saying it in a way that's like, you know, unnecessarily aggressive. So there's the um, Jordan Peterson concept of minimal uh, required force, minimum needed force, something like that, uh, in terms of parenting. And I think that that's a, a very good concept to use when it comes to giving news that you know is going to hurt. It's like, what's the minimum amount of hurt that you can do and still be 100% truthful? Yeah, I still stumble upon this, stumble on this a little. Um, in our relationship? Well, in the sense of like, I haven't figured out the right words yet. So when this, um, like I really, and you do too, I know this. Um, when I have a thought, if I don't tell you, I feel like I'm lying to you or yeah. keeping something from you. So I feel like I have to say it. So if even if I haven't worked my way through it yet, like sometimes I'll maybe spend a day to be like, all right, you need to really figure out how you're feeling, what your emotions are. and Are you being sensitive before? Because you need to understand if it's like, okay, it's the time of the month, I'm being super sensitive because if I know that, then the way I approach you, I may just wait and I'll wait a day for my, you know, need to settle. But if I've thought about it and I, and I feel like I have to tell you, sometimes I don't, I haven't even gone, um, gone through the entire thought process yet and I haven't ended up with a conclusion, but I feel like I have to tell you. So I don't know if you've noticed, I kind of stumble sometimes and I'm just like, so babe, I've been thinking, like, I don't want to upset you. I'm not sure. Yeah, how as soon is. as you say that, I'm like, all right, here we go. Right. And that's the thing, like, I know that you're thinking it, but I need to say those words. Like, I haven't thought through it yet. I don't have a conclusion. I don't know how you're going to react to it. This may upset you or you, it may annoy you, but I need to say it. And so I kind of do this whole preempt thing. Um, I haven't quite got it down yet smoothly. It's interesting. Like, that like doesn't even make my radar as like a thing that you're struggling with or you need to get better. It's like, yeah, say what you're gonna say, a little preamble to let the person know that this isn't an easy thing to say or whatever, yeah. um, but you, you don't intend anything bad. But I think the real thing there, the real um, reason that we're able to have those conversations is that, and you've talked a lot about this, you ask yourself, does this person love me? Do I like really believe it? Yes, okay, well, if I know that, and I know that they're not intentionally trying to hurt me, and I value the truth, that's the other part. Like, we value the truth. Right. So it's like, even when it's hard to hear, I want to hear the truth. Right, so, and even though it's hard to say, right. I know you value the truth, so right. I have to say it. Exactly, so you put that together, and it's like, yes, there are just inevitably going to be things that are hard to hear, hard to say, you have to do both, you have to be able to say truth and hear truth. Um, and, and from that perspective, it, it will all work out. Mm. Um, yeah, there are things, I guess, that would be so catastrophic that they step outside of that, the boundaries of your value system, and then you really have some real work to do. But yeah, I think you, you must, in a relationship, value the truth. Otherwise, you're in real trouble. Yeah, and like his last question is, how do you get the other person to understand and mitigate the risk of significantly harming their self-esteem? I think that that's a bigger issue, right? If something that you're saying in a very honest and caring way of a problem and it immediately dents their self-esteem, I think that the problem is definitely they need to work on their self-esteem. They do, but like, easy. I, I, I think that a lot of times the big part of the solution is to really look at what you're going through and think about it like, this is about me, this is about what I'm going through and not make it about the other person, not make it like, you've done something wrong, you are bad, you are less than, you know what I mean? It's like, here's where I'm at, here's what I'm going through and especially if you're 
really like if somehow something is happening that's building up that resentment to just have the conversation without it being like, oh, this is where we part ways. It's like you made a mistake however many freeway exits ago by not saying something way back when. Mm -hmm. So like that's on you. So it's like now it's like, hey, look, totally my bad that I have not been speaking up about this for the last year, two years, three years, whatever. But now I need to be very frank about what I want because I am starting to build up resentment and it's nobody's fault but my own. But I can't Mm. keep building the resentment. So here's my beef, here's where I'm at. And in fact, um, somebody just asked, let's just make this really fucking hard. Someone just asked me this in an AMA um, and they said, I basically like my wife and kids are struggling with depression and anxiety and I think that a big part of this is, because basically I try to get them to eat right and exercise, which of course are always my first two when it comes to depression and anxiety, um, and it's met with like anger and hurt. And it's like, yeah, once we're talking about like weight, diet, like you want to talk about people being real sensitive about that stuff. So, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be having the conversation and being open and honest. And it gets to the point where if the person is shutting down, like if you're really presenting in a way that is like, I'm legitimately, I mean, just take depression and anxiety. It's like, this is now influencing your behavior in a way that is negatively impacting the relationship because nobody likes to be around somebody who is always depressed, upset, whatever. Going through that, totally understand. And if you're doing everything in your power to make it better, great. Like, I hate the fact that you've had microbiome issues for the last several years. Okay? That's a reality. And if you think that I love that, that would be utter madness. But you're doing everything you can. I'm trying to do everything I can to help you to get it through. But if you were resisting trying something, then I'd be like, now we have a problem. But as long as you're doing everything in your power, you're taking it deadly seriously, you're eating the way that you need to eat, you're seeing doctors, reading up, all that stuff, then it's like, okay, well, it's just a shitty situation. We have to keep going through it. It's only when the other person's hitting the brakes. So my thing is you should be able to say like, hey, I think that this is impacting our relationship. I'm ready to do whatever to help you through this a thousand percent. But if they're not willing to do anything, then now we have a problem. So take being overweight. If the person is self-conscious about their body and they're um, feeling less sexual, they're being less sexual, and even if you're like, because if you're shaming them, that's a whole other issue. So I'm saying, you're like chill about it, but they're going into a negative place and you approach them, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's impacting our relationship because it's impacting you. So it's like, now we have to talk about it. We've got to process through this. You've got to do something about it. It is very much not okay. Options. Start feeling better about where you're at. Or, because I, I don't know how well people can do that. I think that there's just innate body image stuff in us. Hmm. And so getting to a place where you're healthy and feeling good about yourself, like if you can't have that conversation, that's a bad on them. Now you could handle it poorly, obviously, right. and that's a bad on you. But if you're handling it well, coming from a place of wanting to help them get to their best self, um, and there is something real that's happening that's negative, then, and they're not willing to address that, that's on them. Wow, that really hit me when you said that because it's so right, and I think people just, we're all clunky, right? It's like you don't quite know how to handle something, you don't know what words to use, you don't want to upset people, but sometimes it really is that, God, I don't want to say simple, but like it really hit me when you said it. Like, if you're feeling badly about yourself, but the other person doesn't necessarily like still loves you and still is just as attractive as ever and now you're giving let's say less sex over then how do you discuss that 
Um, and that was. You want to know how you discuss that? You say, hey, we used to be having a lot more sex. We're having a lot less sex now. I have a hypothesis. I'm very open to being wrong. Yeah. But here's how it feels about from my perspective. I don't think you're happy with where you are right now. And because of that, it doesn't feel good for you to get naked and to be playful and to have sex. And like, we need to address that because here's how that makes me feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it's not even that you have, uh, like, it's, you know, I don't feel wanted. It may not even be that. It may just be like, hey, I have a higher sex drive than this. And I would really like to get back to the place that we were. I want to get back to the place where you're having as much fun as I'm having. Um, and the reason I say that's how you talk about it is I like couching shit or being afraid of the real conversation. And then when you say that, how does that make the other person feel? They don't get to scream and carry on and freak out. If they're like, whoa, when you say that, I, I actually feel attacked, makes me feel badly about myself. And it's like, whoa, I hear that. That is definitely not my intent. And you just keep having the back and forth. Mm-hmm. But you don't throw a tantrum. You don't shut down on either side. Mm-hmm. Like it's, and there have been times where it's like, you'll say something to me and I'll be like, whoa, that like really takes my breath away. Like that hurts. And I'm not sure that you meant it that way. And I, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, right now you could really run with this and like freak out and you'd have every right. And if this were being recorded, a thousand percent, everybody on national and television is like, she's being a bitch. That, yeah, like thou- one for, line. for sure. Yeah. But how does that help? Right. So, but there's some weird intoxication to the extremity of right. the emotion of being wronged. Yeah. And so it's <laughs> like, and I used to give into that. Mm, and now I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. So I know that she doesn't mean to hurt me. So why grab onto that? Tell her exactly how you're taking it, exactly how that feels, and then give her the grace to be like, hey, I'm guessing that that's not how you want to make me feel. And I do want to be open to that. Or, hey, you're triggering my insecurity. And by the way, everyone listening, we actually talk like this. I'll say like, whoa, you've really triggered an insecurity because I know, A, I have them. And B, it's like, you owe it to yourself and your partner to not make your insecurity their problem. Right. And so, do you think I actually did it deliberately? Right. And if you do, that's shame on you. And you need to say that out loud, right? Like, hey, you said this, it's an insecurity of mine, and I actually feel like you know it's an insecurity and you use this deliberately. Maybe, that would be horrible. By maybe way. you didn't, but it felt like that. Right. And so, and the person on the other side can either say, yeah, I did mean it, or like, wow. I'm instead of like because you can imagine they're going to get defensive but I think the opposite should be done right and they're like my god I so didn't mean to like that wasn't my intention of deliberately trying to be uh, cruel or mean Mm -hmm. or you know touch on your insecurities I can see why but that wasn't my intention like immediately like now your guard's down and you can keep having that conversation and really improving um, whatever situation you're trying to get through right and to say it really simply and then we're going to have to wrap um, each person is responsible for their own emotional stability. Yeah. One thing I know we're going to go, one thing I want to add also though, um, going back to my microbiome, it really hit me one day where I was like, you know what, this isn't about me. Like, yes, I'm the one that's physically feeling it. I'm the one that's physically going through the pain, but both our lives have changed. This isn't about just you. Just me, yeah. Um, our lives have changed. Our relationship has had to alter and change of how we do things and our travel and our, you know, how we do a fun day together. We can't go out drinking eat cake, right? Like there's certain things that have changed in our lives and then the sex had to change. You know, for a while you can just like fling me on the bed um, aggressively, which I love. 
But it, all of that had to change and we had to speak about it. And I remember thinking to myself, like in certain situations, if I don't take this supplement, if I don't listen to this doctor, if I don't do X, Y, and Z, it's not just me. He's sacrificing and he's sacrificing with no guilt or like, I'm doing this for you, oh God, you're sick again, right? You did it without one ounce of complaint. And my way of saying thank you for the support and us being in this together is to show you that I recognize it's not just about me and that you are going through it as well. And I think that that's very important, whether it's somebody not feeling good about themselves and so they're distancing themselves from their partner. I think if you can see it as a couple's thing and you guys are in it together and you can trust them and obviously you have to build that trust, so assume you've built the trust, that you can really open up and say how vulnerable you are about things and let them know that you guys are in it together. I think that, that can, it can bring them closer together instead of, you know, tear them apart. Word. All right. With that, thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. And if this brought you value, it'd be amazing if you would rate and review on iTunes. That would be extraordinarily helpful. Yes, please. We'd we appreciate do, it very much. We do read out our weekly, uh, the top review of the week. So yeah. thank you guys for keep on doing that. Indeed. Super, super helpful. All right, guys. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And Merry Christmas. It'll and be Merry just Christmas. before Christmas. Happy holidays. Oh, yeah. Happy holidays. Yeah to everybody. Whatever holiday, we are such like festive junkies. Yeah. We love the thought of everybody, however you celebrate, getting your festive on. It is amazing. All right, guys. Love on each other. Indeed. Indeed. All right. Until next time, be legendary. Be Take legendary. care. Happy holidays. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.